Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 25 of The Pathfinder. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Pathfinder by James Fenimore Cooper Chapter 25 There was a roaring in the wind all night. The rain came heavily and fell in floods. But now the sun is rising calm and bright. The birds are singing in the distant woods. Attributed to Wordsworth as the light returned, Pathfinder and Cap ascended again to the roof, with a view to reconnoitre the state of things once more on the island. This part of the blockhouse had a low battlement around it, which afforded a considerable protection to those who stood in its centre, the intention having been to enable marksmen to lie behind it and to fire over its top. By making proper use, therefore, of these slight defences, slight as to height, though abundantly ample as far as they went, the two lookouts commanded a pretty good view of the island, its covers excepted, and of most of the channels that led to the spot. The gale was still blowing very fresh at south, and there were places in the river where its surface looked green and angry, though the wind had hardly sweep enough to raise the water into foam. The shape of the little island was nearly oval, and its greater length was from east to west. By keeping in the channels that washed it, in consequence of their several courses and of the direction of the gale, it would have been possible for a vessel to range past the island on either of its principal sides, and always to keep the wind very nearly abeam. These were the facts first noticed by Cap, and explained to his companion, for the hopes of both now rested on the chances of relief sent from Oswego. At this instant, while they stood gazing anxiously about them, Cap cried out, in his lusty, hearty manner, "'Sail ho!' Pathfinder turned quickly in the direction of his companion's face, and there, sure enough, was just visible the object of the old sailor's exclamation. The elevation enabled the two to overlook the low land of several of the adjacent islands, and the canvas of a vessel was seen through the bushes that fringed the shore of one that lay to the southward and westward. The stranger was under what seamen call low sail, but so great was the power of the wind that her white outlines were seen flying past the openings of the verdure with the velocity of a fast-travelling horse, resembling a cloud driving in the heavens. "'That cannot be Jasper,' said Pathfinder, in disappointment, 
for he did not recognize the cutter of his friend in the swift passing object. No, no, the lad is behind the hour, and that is some craft which the Frenchers have sent to aid their friends, the accursed Mingos. This time you are out of your reckoning, friend Pathfinder, if you never were before, returned Cap in a manner that had lost none of its dogmatism by the critical circumstances in which they were placed. Fresh water or salt, that is the head of the scud's mainsail, for it is cut with a smaller gore than common, and then you can see that the gaff has been fished, quite neatly done, I admit, but fished. I can see none of this, I confess, answered Pathfinder, to whom even the terms of his companion were Greek. No, <laughs> well, I own that surprises me, for I thought your eyes could see anything. Now to me nothing is plainer than that gore and that fish, and I must say, my honest friend, that in your place I should apprehend that my sight was beginning to fail. <laughs> if Jasper is truly coming, I shall apprehend but little. We can make good the block against the whole Mingo nation for the next eight or ten hours, and with Eau Douce to cover the retreat, I shall despair of nothing. God send that the lad may not run alongside of the bank and fall into an ambushment, as befell the sergeant. Aye, there's the danger. There ought to have been signals concerted, and an anchorage ground buoyed out, and even a quarantine station or a lazaretto would have been useful, could we have made these minkos respect the laws. If the lad fetches up, as you say, anywhere in the neighbourhood of this island, we may look upon the cutter as lost. And after all, Master Pathfinder, ought we not to set down this same Jasper as a secret ally of the French, rather than as a friend of our own? I know the sergeant views the matter in that light, and I must say this whole affair looks like treason. We shall soon know, we shall soon know, Master Cap, for there indeed comes the cutter clear of the other island, and five minutes must settle the matter. It would be no more than fair, however, if we could give the boy some sign in the way of warning. It is not right that he should fall into the trap without a notice that it has been laid. Anxiety and suspense, notwithstanding, prevented either from attempting to make any signal. It was not easy, truly, to see how it could be done, for the scud came foaming through the channel, on the weather side of the island, at a rate that scarcely admitted of the necessary time nor was any one visible on her deck to make signs too. Even her helm seemed deserted, though her course was as steady as her progress was rapid. Cap stood in silent admiration of a spectacle so unusual, but as the scud drew nearer his practice eye detected the helm in play by means of tiller ropes, though the person who steered was concealed. As the cutter had weatherboards of some little height, the mystery was explained, no doubt remaining that her people lay behind the ladder in order to be protected from the rifles of the enemy. As this fact showed that no force beyond that of the small crew could be on board, Pathfinder received his companion's explanation with an ominous shake of the head. "'This proves that the Sarpent has not reached Oswego,' said he, "'and that we are not to expect succour from the garrison. I hope Lundy has not taken it into his head to displace the lad,' for Jasper Western would be a host of himself in such a strait. We three, Master Cap, ought to make a manful warfare. You, as a seaman, to keep up the intercourse with the cutter, Jasper, as a laker who knows all that is necessary to be done on the water, and I, with gifts that are as good as any among the Mingos, 
let me be what I may in other particulars. I say we ought to make a manful fight in Mabel's behalf. "'That we ought, and that we will,' answered Cap heartily, for he began to have more confidence in the security of his scalp now that he saw the sun again. I set down the arrival of the scud as one circumstance, and the chances of O'Deuce's honesty as another. This Jasper is a young man of prudence, you find, for he keeps a good offing, and seems determined to know how matters stand on the island before he ventures to bring up. "'I have it! I have it!' exclaimed Pathfinder, with exultation. "'There lies the canoe of the Sarpent on the cutter's deck, and the chief has got on board.' and no doubt has given a true account of our condition, for, unlike a Mingo, a Delaware is certain to get a story right, or to hold his tongue. "'That canoe may not belong to the cutter,' said the captious seaman. "'Oh, Deuce had one on board when he sailed.' "'Very true, friend Cap, but if you know your sails and masts by your gores and fishes, I know my canoes and my paths by frontier knowledge. If you can see new cloth in a sail—' I can see new bark in a canoe. That is the boat of the Sarpent, and the noble fellow has struck off for the garrison as soon as he found the block besieged, has fallen in with the scud, and after telling his story has brought the cutter down here to see what can be done. The Lord grant that Jasper Western be still on board her. Yes, yes, it might not be amiss, for, traitor or loyal, the lad has a handy way with him in a gale, it must be owned. "'And in coming over waterfalls,' said Pathfinder, nudging the ribs of his companion with an elbow, and laughing in his silent but hearty manner. "'We will give the boy his due, though he scalps us all with his own hand.' The scud was now so near that Cap made no reply. The scene, just at that instant, was so peculiar that it merits a particular description, which may also aid the reader in forming a more accurate nature of the picture we wish to draw." The gale was still blowing violently. Many of the smaller trees bowed their tops, as if ready to descend to the earth, while the rushing of the wind through the branches of the groves resembled the roar 